0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You're also watching in two different places, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT and Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, which is our main page on Wake Up Call that you should like. That's Facebook.com/backslash/wakeupcalldt. You can also access it by just going to Facebook and typing in at wakeupcalldt. So appreciate you tuning into the show inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. And we are here with Katie Kolinsky, no stranger to the broadcast, been with us for a, a very long time here over the past couple of years, and we're happy to get her back on the show. Katie, how are you doing today? Good. I'm
1: happy to be back. It's been a while.
0: I know, it's been a bit, it's been a minute, and obviously, you know, bowl season and, and football and all this stuff's going on, so, you know, basketball kind of takes a back seat for a little while, but, you know, as far as, you know, the NBA game, because I know we talk about that, but do you have, I mean, what are the thoughts, do you have some thoughts? I know that your Lakers are, are obviously taking care of business on the uh, on the Western Conference side of things, what's what's your take on the NBA early on here so far?
1: I think it's been really enjoyable. Uh, I think it's it's been a lot of good, like, better teams. You know, it's a lot more even. You know, you don't just have the Golden State Warriors winning every game, um, which I think is good. It got kind of boring for a while, like, their domination. Um, and I think there's about five or six teams this season that could win the championship. You know, there's no, you know, one team that's really that great. Um, even the Lakers, obviously they have AD and LeBron, but, you know, besides those two, and Kuzma, who's been inconsistent this year with his injury, um, you know they're not like a lock to win it. So when you say, th- I think it's exciting.
0: When you say there's five or six teams, who what teams do you think like as of right now could win the NBA finals?
1: Um, I think definitely the Lakers. Obviously, obviously the Clippers. Um, Denver's having a good season. Uh, Toronto's playing well again this year. Uh, Boston. I mean, there's just a list of teams that you know Miami's playing really well. You know the Seventy Sixers. Um, there's not one just dominating team, um, so I think the playoffs are going to be really interesting. Um, you know, that's just like a short list right there. But there's even a lot more teams that are even performing better than thought. You know, this season even the Kings are playing well. I don't think the Kings can win a championship, but you know, I think they can make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you know, and 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 in all honesty, I was just making sure that you uh, remembered your team from the north. That's that's that was my concern in that conversation, but. You know, I mean, uh, you know, with with us being in the the full swing of things, it's kind of, you know, this is strange when football is still mixing with with basketball and and it's still going on simultaneously. It's bowl season and you and I were talking about it off the air how crazy this is and the fact that, you know, bowl season has us in a place where there are I think it's 41 altogether when you count them all up and you know opportunities for teams which means it's 82 teams there's only 130 of them there's been seasons where they take five and seven teams that I think there was one year where they had to take one four and eight record team because they needed to fill a spot what's your thoughts on the fact that you know bowl game there's so many bowl games and it's gotten like inappropriate at this point but if you got enough money you can have a bowl game and you can put it all together. I mean, what, what's what's your what's your thought on the fact that more than sixty percent of college football for Division One A makes a bowl game because there's so many spots to fill, they got to find somebody.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of silly. You know, to be honest, um, I don't really watch college or uh, football like that. Um, I think it's just. I don't know. I think it's cool for, like, small teams to be able to get bids and, you know, possibly win. But the only really football team I watch is Syracuse, and then I'll watch, like, the playoffs. But other than that, I'm not really – I don't know. I'm just not a big fan.
0: So many games, so many things going on. On the other side of it, on the courts, you know, we look at – because obviously in bowl games you're hoping for some upsets. There's teams that are hoping to – you know, you get more practices in, you make more money for your school, you get exposure, but you're hoping to get those big-time wins – on the college basketball side, for Division One for men's basketball, there's been some crazy things going on. Texas Tech took down number one Louisville, which isn't as crazy because it's the quote-unquote Power Five versus Power Five, but unranked. Utah recently just defeated Kentucky. Kentucky lost to Evansville with former player Walter McCarty coaching that team. Stephen F. Austin beat Duke. What are you, you know, what's going through your mind about early on college basketball? Kind of feeling like March Madness already.
1: Yeah, it just shows um how much the one and duns are really killing college basketball. Um and it also shows how much, you know, there was a lot of guys that left early from teams last year that didn't get picked up or drafted. Um so I think that just shows like that's what's really hurting college basketball and that's gonna leave room for these smaller teams or, you know, teams that, you know, don't have the one and done culture and, you know, they got seniors on their team, so Um, And then there's a lot of good coaching, too. Like, no one expected Texas Tech to be good this year after losing pretty much everybody. You know, I don't even recognize any guys on their roster this year. Um, So, I think, but the one-and-done culture is definitely killing college basketball. And even North Carolina, like, they lose their starting point guard. And I think they got the same record as Syracuse. And Syracuse doesn't really have a bad loss. So, fans are going crazy about Syracuse right now. And they got the same record as North Carolina. So, um, you know, I think a lot more can happen in the season.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and it's already become a very, very interesting season here to start things off. Speaking with Katie Kalinske, used to be on the staff of Syracuse Men's Basketball. is currently with Lafayette as an assistant coach on the women's basketball side. Katie, before we get into kind of what you're doing in, in the season here at Lafayette and whatnot, to, to stay with the March Madness feel of it all. Like you said, you know, the one and duns are killing college basketball. You know, these teams that are winning are the ones that are sustaining. I got to give it up to, you know, coaches like Mark Few at Gonzaga and, you know, Tony Bennett at Virginia because they keep these players around as high profile as they are. They get the players to stay. I mean, Jay Wright and Villanova, he gets guys to stick around for a bit. Seemingly, you know, Villanova players are there for 6 or 7 years it feels like sometimes. So, you know, uh, for, for coaches like that that are bringing that and then teams like Evansville and Stephen F. Austin that are going to have these guys get degrees and come through and whatnot, uh, are you liking the change? Are you liking the fact that these coaches that build sustainability and and, and keep players there and keep players long enough to get their education, is that, is that humbling to you for the game to know that there are coaches out there, especially hope, high-profile coaches, that do want these kids to get an education, stay three to four years, and then see what they can do from there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's different. Um, You know, Kentucky and Duke started their model because their only focus was trying to win national championships and, you know, trying to say we get guys drafted and all this stuff, but... Most of those guys that went to Duke and Kentucky were already on draft boards before they got there. You know, it's not like a secret formula for getting these guys drafted. They would have been drafted regardless, you know. And if you look at one guy that wasn't on draft boards before he went to Kentucky was Quad A Green, and he still you know, that he didn't even play and everything. So it's not like they changed his life and got him drafted. So, um, but I think definitely like even watching Gonzaga last night, I was like, oh my gosh, like they're the number two team in the country. And they just, they do it every year. It doesn't change. Their philosophy doesn't change. The way he coaches doesn't change. And, you know, I think that says a lot about their program, that they can lose all these guys and still sustain winning. Um, you know they've even lost guys to the draft the last couple of years, and you know they just keep bringing in more. So and they in Gonzaga even lost a couple guys early too to the draft. So you know I think it just says a lot about their coaching. You know Jay Wright at Villanova. You know every year you don't think they're going to be good and they're good. And you know I just I think it's it's really impressive what they do at those schools, especially too because it's not like they're. I mean they have the name obviously because they created the name, but it's not like they're you know Duke, Kentucky, and, and schools like that.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and for these teams to be successful, for teams like Gonzaga to do what they've been able to do and, and you know, Mark Few to be able to coach as long as he has there, to stay there, does that kind of bring a good feel to you? Because, you know, we we look at the Butlers and we look at the, you know, the, the George Masons and, and the VCUs and some teams out there and, you know, coaches change and things change as opportunities come about. But Mark Few has stayed at Gonzaga. He's You know, years and years ago, it's hard to believe that this was ever a thing, but there was a time where Gonzaga was a Cinderella to a lot of people. It was a glass slipper. How did they get into the tournament? Can they win a game? And then they started to become, you know, a number eight seed, and then, you know, consistency of getting in and being a number one seed, and then going to the national championship game. And I still believe to this day, if you know if 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 uh, and the rest of the team were able to play physical and the NCAA allowed you to actually play inside and have a big man and and be a little bit physical, God forbid, and play defense and whatnot that we that you know would have gone without all those fouls called. We could have seen Gonzaga defeat North Carolina because that game was very close and on the interior, I just felt like they weren't letting him play. Are you surprised, you know, are you excited, are you happy that a guy like Mark Few said, you know what, this is my team, this is my school, I'm going to build this program. Because a lot of times we see people in sports build up a program and then they, you know, they build up their resume and they get that opportunity and they leave. So it's part of the, you know, that this... this team that they're on is part of the journey but not the destination for Mark Few it really honestly feels like he's synonymous with Gonzaga and he's built a team that people respect now over the years because they weren't a Cinderella and he's proven that over and over and over again what's your take on somebody like Mark Few that isn't looking to be the coach of a Kentucky or a Duke he's looking to make Gonzaga something great and something sustainable
1: yeah, no, I think, you know, it says a lot about him, like, he knew he had a good thing going, he trusted his process, he trusted his staff, he trusted the university that they were going to be willing to allow him to be successful, and, you know, he bought into them, and, you know, it was a big reward for Gonzaga to believe in him, and, you know, I think it says a lot more about him because I'm sure he could have left a lot of places. I'm sure a lot of teams that we don't even know that are higher power five has called him. And, you know, he stayed true to who he was and knew he could build something special. And, you know, I think that says a lot more than, you know, coaches that just hop around all the time. And even like Buzz Williams at Virginia Tech, like he could have really built a special program. And why not try to make a deep journey run and he decided that he was going to jump ship again. So, you know, I think it just shows a lot about Mark Q and who he is.
0: Yeah, you know, and it definitely does. And there's been changes, obviously, like you said, with Buzz Williams jumping again and whatnot. To go to the ACC, before we talk about what's going on with you at Lafayette and whatnot, what what are your thoughts on, I mean, the current state of Syracuse basketball? They don't have any, you know, men's basketball doesn't have any quality wins at this point. If the committee was looking at it, to be blatantly honest, they beat, you know, they've taken down the teams they were supposed to. They, you know, they've won by a large margin or their offense has looked good against the team's, that they're expected to beat and anticipated to defeat. So, you know, they, they have that. But, you know, on the other side of it, they really don't have anything that that's standing out right now. Georgia Tech has been between 11 and 15 in the ACC out of 15. Obviously, the loss to Virginia at the beginning of the season, that was a winnable game for Syracuse. Neither team shot well in that game. But Syracuse's wins are against Oakland, Georgia Tech, Bucknell, Cornell, Seattle, and Colgate. What are your thoughts on, on this 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 team, on Coach Beheim, on kinda of where it's at right now? Yeah, I mean
1: it's tough. You know, they lose, you know, Frank Howard, O'Shea, and Tyus at that- you know, we're big parts of the team. And Pascal, too. I, I don't think people realize how big of a loss Pascal was. You know, everyone wanted to talk bad about Pascal. But the biggest thing was he was a big part. We went to the Sweet 16 off his defense. And, you know, he was the anchor in that 2-3 zone. And he didn't always score, but he did the little things that helped us win games. And, you know, that's four big pieces that we lost. You know, people would say we only lost three big pieces. But it was really four. It was Pascal. But no one wants to talk about defense. They just want to talk about offense. So, but we're not going to get into that debate today. <laughs> um So, I think, you know, they're just young. They're just learning. You know, I think that's going to be a very good team, you know, in the next couple of years. You just got to let them grow. You got to let those young guys, you know, grow and go through it. It's not always going to be pretty. So, what if they have an NIT year? If they do, you know, they might go on a run. They might win the ACC tournament. You know, there's no great team in the ACC. I mean, Virginia, obviously – um but you know you just don't know what can happen but fans want to jump ship like let these kids grow be positive give them positive energy to help them win some games you know everyone wants to not show up to the dome and I know people are upset with Beheim's comments whatever but you know it's true like be a fan or don't be a fan but don't be in between because you know even if we don't have a great year or what if we make a run and go to the sweet 16 this year now everyone's gonna jump on their bad wagon like come on you gotta show up now
0: and, you know, and Beheim's obviously has made those comments. He said at the, you know, the Oakland game, because people didn't show up that he had to, he had to cheer on the team and he can't really jump up and down anymore, but he had to do something because people weren't there. I, right before the game, there was a, a message that went out that single game tickets are as low as $10. What, I mean, you, you were there, you, you sat on that bench when you see, you know, tickets are only 10 bucks. I mean, it's literally cheaper than going to the movies, and people aren't showing up, and Bayheim's like, I feel like I gotta do stuff because nobody's doing stuff. What's your reaction to that? Because I know that you've spent so much time here, and obviously this is your hometown.
1: Yeah, I've never seen anything like it, you know? Like, like I said, either support the team and be a fan, or, you know, don't jump on the bandwagon. You know, it's easy to cheer for them. A couple years ago, we go to the Final Four, Sweet 16, and now it's like, oh, we can't root for them one year. Like I guarantee Kentucky just lost again last night. I guarantee those fans are going to pack that house cuz that's what they do. They're fans. You know? So I I agree with Bayheim. Um you know, say what you want, but you know, fans show up for their team. Like I'm going to be in town for Christmas a couple of days and you know I'm going to be at the dome Saturday cheering them on. So, you know, my fandom's not going to change. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely and uh, last piece here is I know you got to get rolling, but Lafayette, what what's been the takeaway so far for you? What you can say about the experience right now, and just what what the season's been like?
1: Yeah, you know everything's just a learning process. Um, it's tough. We're four and four right now. Um, we lost a game to Duquesne at home, who was an A ten team. When we were up eight, leading going into the fourth, and we were up three with twenty seconds to go. You know they hit a, a three pointer as like time expired, going to overtime you know so that was tough you know we lost a tough one at mom this last weekend um you know so we're a couple games you know from being you know six and two compared to four and four so you know that's just the learning process of our team and you know I'm really excited as we go you know we go forward we play at Seton Hall on Friday um you know and then we're going to start conference play after Christmas so you know I'm just excited it's a process and you know you just got to keep falling in love with that process and working hard
0: that coming from Katie Kalinske Katie as always be well and Welcome back to Central New York. I'll, I'll be one of the first people to officially say it, and we look forward to obviously you know, seeing you out at the Dome and, and catching up with you as well. So safe travels, and I look forward to talking with you soon.
1: All right, and I appreciate it.